What's up, world? Welcome to the What's Your Thoughts on This podcast. I'm your host, Amir Ali. The topic of today's show is I'm Biracial, the story of Shane Williams. You don't want to miss this. But hey, before you do anything, before you do anything, make sure you subscribe. (laughs) Happy Black History Month, everyone. What's up, world? Welcome to the What's Your Thoughts on This podcast. I'm your host, Amir Ali. I'm an opinionated fat boy from the west side of Detroit. I was groomed in Chicago and shaped in New York, but in my heart, Paris is home. Join me on my quest to get answers and gain clarity on a plethora of controversial topics, current events, and political issues. It's a lot going on in the world that I want to discuss, so please take a listen and tell me your thoughts. Tell me what's your thoughts on, what's your thoughts on this, what's your thoughts on Biracial is defined as a multicultural or a mixed person whose parents or ancestors are from different racial backgrounds. Today, we will hear the story of a biracial man from London. Listen as Shane Williams shares with us his experience of growing up biracial in the UK. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Shane Williams. Thank you for coming to the show today, Shane. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So you are biracial, correct? Yeah, that's right. What are you mixed with? So on my dad's side, the heritage is Caribbean. So it's um, Antiguan and Barbudan. And um, my mother's white, English, British. What do you consider yourself when it comes to race? I've always considered myself as mixed race, but I'm aware that I'm black. Can you explain it? If you ask me how I identify myself, I know that I've got a, a black father, a white mum. I'm mixed. I'm mixed race. But I'm also aware culturally I'm black. I feel black. If I look at, you know, the things like I like in terms of food and the way I feel, I would identify and feel I feel black. So you feel black, but if someone asked you what you are, you would say mixed. Yeah. And how was life growing up for you? It was a, it was strange because um, I felt that I didn't, you know, I didn't have nothing to identify as. So I wasn't white, I didn't fit in a white kids, but I also wasn't black, so I didn't fit in the black kids. Where did you grow up at, Shane? Because I know you are from London, but where did you grow up at specifically? So I grew up in um like a place called Essex. It's just outside of London. So it was a it's predominantly every way is Essex. <laughs> yeah, the only way is Essex. Yeah, so it's it's a it's predominantly white. It's, it's a it's a very white county. Did you have people who told you what you are? Meaning, did people say, "Hey, that's a black kid"? Did they tease you from being different? Like, what was it like growing up being a, a mixed race person in a predominantly white area in the UK? So my earliest memories, I remember um, being bullied in school. And I think when I was growing up, obviously I grew up in the um, late 80s, early 90s. Back then, and and even to an extent now, like from a lot of white people's opinion, if you're brown, you're, you know, you're black, you're Pakistani, you're Indian, they just will just throw anything at you to see what sticks because you're brown, you know? And um, yeah, that was quite... Um, predominant so no matter what I did you would always be tagged on your colour so yeah that was quite a prominent thing growing up Do you remember like the worst experience growing up being bullied for your race? 
Yeah, so um, there's a lot of things I remember. I remember when I was like really young, people would call me a, a Paki, which is a short for Pakistani. Because in London, there's a lot of um, an Asian culture. So they would just assume you're, you know, because you're brown, you're that. Well, one second, Shane. For the American listeners, people in the UK consider Indians, as we call them in America, as Asians as well, because they are. But I know we refer to them as Indians. So for people who are like, huh, Asian? Yeah. <laughs> they would probably think, you know, Chinese or Korean. Oh, or okay. So yeah, people would consider you more of Indian descent instead of thinking that you were black. Yeah, so they would use like derogatory terms for that culture and just kind of put us all together. I remember coming home from school sometimes and people would drive past and throw like cartons of blackcurrant juice and be like, go drink your jungle juice and and stuff like that. So racism was quite rife growing up, I would definitely say. Wow. So what was the discussion like as a child? Because I know being a black person, my mother had she informed me that I was black, you know, and I'm I'm darker skin. But, you know, she told me, hey, you know, you're black is going to be some people who might not like that. You know, a lot of different things. Did you being a mixed race person growing up with a white parent? Did your mother have a conversation with you to kind of let you know that you um, were a little bit different? I wouldn't say it was like the conversation, but it was more like I was raised, look, I'm Shane. And I knew that my mum was very particular when it comes to race. So my mother's mother actually disowned her because I was mixed race and gave her the ultimatum of abortion or um, she was going to get kicked out. So I was actually born in foster care as a result of that. So race is in my DNA. My story goes back to before I was born in terms of racism. But there was never one particular like conversation she had with me, but I was always aware that when she saw me get bullied, her anger would, there was definitely like a rage from her. But I grew up with my mum until my teens, so I was raised in a white household. And then when I turned about 15 is when I then moved in with my nan, but my nan was black. And she was the one I would say had the conversations with me more around being black and what that meant. So your grandmother, so you were raised by your mother who is white, but then at 15, you were raised by your grandmother or your nan who is black. Yeah, that's correct. Okay, but question. So you said that you were raised for a time in foster care. And you also said that your grandparents, your white grandparents gave your mother an ultimatum that either she put you up for adoption or abortion or they would disown her. So how did it come into that you were in foster care and then back with your mother? So no, I was born in foster care in terms of my mum. When she had me, she was in foster care. So she had me when she was just just Ah. 15. So because her mum obviously kicked her out, she was in foster care. And then as soon as I was born, then my mum was given housing. And then that's when we moved out. So what happened for you to end up moving with your grandmother? It was just uh, the consequences of my mum's life. And I feel that when I got to that age, I was excelling in sport and it was a better environment for me to be with my grandparents so that I could um, have a better education and, you know, excel in sport and so on. Okay. So did you still see your mom when you were living with your grandmother? Yeah. 
So what was that like going from, because those are two extremes. It's a, a white household, predominantly white area, then going to live with your grandmother. Does she live in a predominantly white area as well, or does she live in a more urban area? So my grandma still lived in um, a white area, so there was no change in terms of school and stuff like that. But what was it like going to live with your grandmother after living with your mother for 15 years? It was a culture shock. First of all, my food started to taste nice, um, which was always, a, a, you know, a bonus. You know, when I lived with my mom, I kind of had free reign. You know, I could come home anytime at night. There was just a lot of freedom. And then when I lived with my nan, you know, if I came home after 10 o'clock, for example, she'd be sitting in the chair and then I'd get a lecture. You know, why are you on the street at this time of night? What if the police come or catch you on the road? You know, it's not going to work out good for you and so on and so forth, you know? So your grandmother was more strict than your mother? Yeah, you know, um, more strict, you know, with things like that, but also more strict in terms of the standard of living. So I would always remember things like your shoes have to be polished, your trousers need to be pressed in a certain way, how you carry yourself has to be different, you know? When did you find out you were Black? Do you remember that pivotal moment that, or the first time that someone said, hey, the Black guy, or asked you or, or told you that you were Black? I don't get the question. I was never told I was Black, you know? When I was five years old at school and I was called names, you know, you kind of... Yeah, that, that, was the, that, that was when you yeah, figured yeah. out you were black. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that, the, the, I mean, my mother sat down and told me I was black, but I remember people making fun of me when I was younger because my hair was like very curly and long, but I was darker complexion. So, you know, people would say, you know, the dark curly hair boy. You know, and I was just like, what? <laughs> so, you know, I always say that that's when I really figured out that I was black because it was other people saying it to me. So you had never been called black until someone on the schoolyard had said it to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. OK. Wow. Very interesting. So you live with your grandmother. You are excelling in sports. What was high school like for you being a mixed race person? So um, in my school, there was like five black people. Including you or? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So um, it was definitely weird because I was mixed race. So, you know, I was I was seen as that bit in the middle. It had its advantages in terms of like girls, women wanted to date me. But then from the guy's point of view, there was a threat. So I was always in fights and stuff like that. It was a threat to who's the, the black guys or the white guys? Yeah, the white guys. Okay you feel like the girls wanted to date you because you are mixed race? Yeah, so it was funny. Like, when I was growing up, there was always this thing where, like, white girls would come up to you and they'd be like, oh, I want a baby to look just like you. I want my baby to have your skin color and stuff like that. Hmm. So it was the white girls who would approach you, not any of the black girls? No. Yeah, that's right. Okay. And so did you date both black girls and white girls? Well, there was only like one or two black girls in my school. And then I feel like we had more of like a brother-sister kind of um, relationship. So I mainly dated just the white girls, you know? Okay. Do you find black women attractive? I appreciate black beauty, but I, they're, not, they're not usually my preference. So you don't find black women attractive? Or you find white women more attractive than black women? I would say I find white women more attractive, yeah. Why? Don't know. 
Well, you would have to know um, because when we attraction, we know what we're attracted to. You know, when I look at Beyonce, Tinashe, Kenya Moore, and, you know, a lot of women that I consider beautiful, I know what it is about them that I find beautiful. So just as well, you would know about, you know, what you find beautiful in a white woman. So what is it about a white woman that you like? And what is it about a black woman that you dislike when it comes to looks? I wouldn't say there's nothing I dislike about a black woman when it comes to looks. Okay. You asked if I had a preference. And if I look back on my dating history, Mm -hmm. it's been predominantly white. So that's where I would see that my preference is. But I wouldn't say that there's a definitely not a dislike towards black women at all. As far as their looks goes. So what would be the reason why you have never dated a black woman? Is it access? It could be. Like I said, I'm from a predominantly white area. But then, you know, with the internet, the way it is, the world's very small. So, yeah, like I said, I don't know, there's a preference there. Okay. What do you find attractive about white women? I would say maybe I gel more in terms of a personality. Okay. So it's, it's, it's a personality thing for you. It's not anything visual. Yeah, visual comes into it. But So what is it about the uh, visual aspects of a white woman that you find attractive? Is it the blonde hair? It, like what, you know? I couldn't pinpoint it because I've dated various different types of looking white women. Hmm. Have you ever been approached or hit on by a uh, black woman? Really, funny enough. You said rarely? Yeah. But never. But not never. Well, no, not that I can recall, no. Okay, and you've never approached a black woman to date her or anything like that? No. Okay. Did your grandmother, your grandmother being a black woman, did she ever speak to you and ask you about why you had never dated a black woman or were you ever interested in one? My grandma was always believed that obviously people should stick to their own, so she was passionate about me being with a black woman but again I was in a very predominantly white area so what would she say to you about being with a black woman she you know like I said she was passionate that black people should stick with black people and when you date outside of your race then it can lead to trouble and did you not agree with that or what were your thoughts about that when she would say that to you well I was a young guy in it so I don't think you take those things in when you're young I don't think you quite appreciate that while you're young and boisterous and full of testosterone. Yeah. So I know you, Shane. You and I know each other pretty well, okay? And it's interesting to me that you say that you consider yourself mixed race because I know some of the conversations that you and I have had, you have checked me for not calling you or any reference that I did not include you in as far as being a Black man. You would say, I'm black. I'm definitely black. You would really be upset if I didn't consider you black because there were some things that I said, well, you know, you're not black. And then you would say, what do you mean I'm black? So help me understand how you can be black sometimes and then not black all the time. Are you just black when it's convenient? Well, if you know me well, you would, (laughs) you know, that that's that conversation comes up when we're talking about race and generally it's started off with Shane you wouldn't understand this because you're not black and it would be you know around police brutality or it would be around how black people may feel in a situation and that's when I'm highlighting I definitely do know how it is 
to be black because I do get pulled over by the police every time I drive my nice car and, and stuff like that. You're a lighter skinned black man and, you know, and in some ways racially ambiguous, you know, whereas some people might not actually believe that you're black. They may think that you're something else. So would you say that your experience being a lighter skinned, racially ambiguous black man is the same as a visually distinct black person? So my answer is this, and we can reference check some of our previous conversations. If I'm in a room and something goes missing, I feel extremely black because I know people are going to look at me as it definitely is his fault. When I walk down the street and an old lady holds her bag or crosses the street, I feel very black. So it's not about do I feel uh, any more or less black than you. It's do I experience have the black experience. So a white person doesn't see me as mixed race, doesn't see me as a tonality. Yeah, They will still treat me as the same black as anyone else, whether they, no matter what shade or dark they are. So the conversation we've had in the past have definitely been referencing. And I feel that there's always been a breakdown between the quote unquote African-American experience versus what I would call a black experience. Coming from London, we have Caribbean black, we have African black, we have deeper into Africans, we have Nigerian black versus Ghanaian black, and everything has a different culture and meaning and understanding to it. Yeah. So there's different levels of blackness, but I'm also very aware that if I'm in a room full of black guys, they're not going to see me as black. Hence why I said I have a... But see, that's not true, though. That's not true. Black people, we accept you for whoever you are, whatever you consider yourself. There are black people who are lighter than you that we have said this person is black. You know, you have um, black people who are as light as Beyonce's mother and she considers herself black. And we, you know, we consider her black because she considers herself black. I think in the past, we've had a lot of discussions as it pertains to race. And I, I love you. You're like my brother, one of my best friends. But I think the problem I have had with you and some biracial people is that they are black when it's convenient. And they are not black when it's convenient. Do you think that you are black when it's convenient and not black when it's convenient? I disagree. I don't think there's a... How can you be not conveniently black? I don't have a, a mask where I can pull it up and go in a posh store and I'm white now or I'm mixed race and then go in the next store and I'm black. Yeah. Do you not think that lighter skinned blacks are treated different than darker skinned blacks? So, interestingly enough, I never felt that until I had met you. Okay. And you had discussed colorism. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I didn't quite understand it. And then... You know, like when you think of a red car? Yeah. And you're driving a red car and then all of a sudden you only see red cars on the road. It was like yeah. that. So then I, I kind of understood colorism because I'd go on Twitter yeah. and I'd hear colorism this and I'd hear, and I'd go on Twitter feeds and I'd hear, well, he's not really black or, or like Obama, you know, white people call him black and then black people are like, well, he's not my black president. He's not even really black. Meghan Markle, although she's not really black. And I've saw a lot of that. So, um, yeah, I think that's probably when I understood colorism. Okay, yeah, colorism is very real. 
And I have dealt with my fair share of racism, but I won't say that every time I'm in a room, I think that people are looking at me and that, that could be just because of my appearance and how I carry myself. But I definitely know that they know I'm black. But usually I think that they know I can afford what it is that I'm coming to purchase, but they still <laughs> know that I'm black, you know, but again, I still I still want to go back to that question. Do you feel now that you know what colorism is? Do you feel that lighter skinned blacks are treated differently than darker skinned blacks? Yeah, absolutely. OK. Do you feel that you've benefited being a lighter skinned black person? in work or just anything that you've done personally? So like I say, I think when it comes to um, women, yeah. When it comes to work and stuff like that, absolutely not. Absolutely not? Why absolutely not? Just through experiences that I've had in work, it's always been very clear that I'm usually in uh, corporate environments and I'm the only black person in the room. So I can't exactly compare myself to a darker or lighter black person than myself. So, you know, a question about that, because I know in America there are a lot of mixed people, but I know usually people pick a side, you know, mixed people, is, they never can be white, <laughs> but they're either mixed or they're black. But I know in um, the UK, the word mixed race is used a lot. I, you know, watch a lot of UK shows and they don't always say black. If the person is mixed, they use mixed race a lot. But I noticed when you're speaking about work and different things you're saying you know that you're the black person you know that you're the black person do they not refer to you as the mixed race person i think in england there's a lot of political correctness so everyone's very politically correct so if we fill out paperwork then it's mixed when um you're in a room full of people then it's definitely you know it's a uh, black or white no one goes oh he's the mixed guy it's you know the black guy over there that's how that would be pointed out Got it. So are you married or engaged or anything? I have a girlfriend, but <laughs> nothing more formal than that, unfortunately. <laughs> AJ, what's up? Uh, anyway, um, and do you have children? Yeah. And is your girlfriend black or white or biracial? Why? Wow, she's mixed. Yeah, mixed. So she's mixed? Yeah. Okay. Is she a darker complexion or lighter complexion? Okay. So you said that you never dated a, a black woman. When you met your girlfriend who is of mixed race, did you know she was mixed race or did you think she was white? I spotted the mile away that she was mixed. Oh, so you knew that she was mixed. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. So have you dated other mixed women? Yeah. Hmm. It's just, it's so interesting to me how you're mixed, but you're black. But then when I ask if you've ever dated a black woman, you say no. But I asked you, have you dated other mixed women? And you have. That's what I'm saying when I say that I feel like a lot of mixed people are black when it's convenient and not when it's not convenient. I'm black all the time. Like I'm black 24 seven. My, my blackness doesn't switch, nor does it change. I am Amir Ali and I'm black today. I'm black in the noon and I'm black at night. But I notice, like for you, it's interchangeable. And for a lot of people, like this isn't just directed to you, but I know for a lot of people it's interchangeable. Why is it? Why is it that way? So to answer that question, if I refer to my girlfriend as black, she would think, what's going on here? Because she would probably identify closer to white because she is very light skinned and also has been raised with two white parents. 
So it would be a bit strange for her to, for me to go, oh yeah, my girlfriend's black. Okay. She was raised with two white parents. Yeah. But even though I hear that and I can get that, even though she's very fair, to me, it seems like it's used when it's convenient. I know I've heard some lighter skinned people, black people will say that they're not black, but then they will when they want to use the N word. So when would it be convenient to be black? When you want to use the N-word, when it's about hip hop culture or when it's things like that. Not the differentiation could be said when it's going on a job interview, when you're speaking into any situation where it may benefit you to not just be black. Because I'm here for anybody at any race, any complexion, right? If you say to me that you are black, got you, you're black. If you say to me that you're mixed, got you, you're mixed. But it's to me, it's just sometimes seems like some people will be black when it's convenient and not black when it's convenient. You know, I strongly disagree with you, Ali, because I'm a, I'm a big believer of nature versus nurture. Yeah. So if Tupac is on in the background, I'm going to break my neck. Yeah. I don't feel that way, you know, about white music for example that doesn't mean I'm conveniently choosing I want to be black because Tupac's playing my soul feels that when I went to move in with my nan when I was 15 years old for example and I got chicken jerk chicken rice and peas my body was like wow this is a different this is okay this is hitting me differently so these things are like they're in our soul they're like it's not weird we're picking and choosing because if that was the case, when I walk down the street and police are pulling me over, then I'm not turning around and, and using some get out clause. Like there is no no get out clause for us to use. So I don't think anyone's conveniently choosing to be more black on one day and not the next day. That makes absolutely no sense. Well, let me make it make sense to you. OK, because this this has occurred a lot. So there have been times when I have been with someone who I believe is black, but they're light skinned and I know they're mixed. Right. But they will say that they're black when we are all around and all of the black people are around. They're black. When they are asked by a white person, what are you? They are oh, I'm mixed. And that's similar to what occurred today when I asked you what was your race and you said that you were mixed, I've never heard you ever refer to yourself as mixed. I knew that you were mixed, but every time anything came up and we talked about race, you were always black. But I'm saying that that occurs a lot. It's not a stick and stay. It's, um, I feel like it's convenience. It's, and I'm not saying that it's not true because you are mixed. And I do believe you're black as well, you know, as you referenced yourself but like for me when someone black people white people whoever whether they are more urban or whether or not they are more you know not urban you know in a professional environment i'm black all the time i'm never mixed race i'm never anything different but that so that's why when i said do you think that some people use mixed race or black interchangeably when it's convenient so if i was going for a job interview and I'm in the waiting room and there's three white guys. There's me as a mixed race guy. There's a, I always differentiate sometimes. There's a, you know, a Caribbean black guy. So can be a bit fairer skin than an African black guy. I don't look, walk into that room and go, oh, boom, I'm getting a job today. 
And listen, I know some of these questions are tough. You know, like you and I are friends and I know you, but when I was having you on, you said, don't be afraid to ask any question. And so <laughs> I am taking you up on that because I think it's it's a lot of people out there who are Black and who are darker complexion because I've heard them and I've seen things and I've read them and I have seen them be upset and be frustrated with people that they have wrote with and said, oh no, she's Black and or oh no, he's Black. And then in different settings, that person now is not Black. That person is mixed race. You know, and I know Black people were very passionate. And if you're Black, we will ride with you. But when it starts switching and it seems like you are using different things when it benefits you, that can be insulting to us as being Black people all the time. Can you see that? Yeah. Cool. What about your children? Because I know you have you have two kids, correct? Yeah. And they're both fair skinned, correct? Yeah. You have two sons. One is older and one is like four, three, three years old. Two. Two, Oh, two. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But when you look at them, you know, how do you see life for them? Have they been bullied because of their race or anything like that? Do you know how they've been treated? Obviously, the two-year-old's too young. Um, Yeah. But I have a 14-year-old and he lives up north. He lives in a very white yeah, like everyone's white there isn't really black people there and um, okay. like he's celebrated everyone loves him does he say that he's mixed or does he say that he's black or mixed race What do, do you know what he says so he refers to himself as black even though he's you know lighter than me do you think that that's of out of convenience because he's black that people like him because he's a little exotic and different I think that People like him because he's exotic and different and he has different tastes, you know, like in music and he likes grime music, which is, um, I'll simplify it as like English hip hop. It's not that, but I'll simplify it as that. So, they, you know, he's just different in terms of what he's into, what he likes, how he dresses and so on. Did you ever have a conversation with him about race? All the time. What was the pivotal conversation with him as it pertains to race with your son? I've always made it clear to him that he is black. And um, to be honest, he's the first person to remind you that he's black. He, you know, he, love, he loves it. He, I like he, this son. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, like he really, like, <laughs> even when you go on his social media, he's got the Antiguan flag rocking. Like, yeah, he, you know, loves being black. So he loves being black and he waves his flag. Could it be argued that you don't like being black because you don't do that? I'm a, I'm a grown man. I don't. Um, wave, I don't wave any flag. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of grown people who wave flags. I have a lot of Puerto Rican and Dominican friends and Jamaican friends who all they do is wave flags and they're very grown. So I don't think being grown has anything to do with that. I know how much you love your boys, but uh, it's very interesting to me that you told your son that he is black, but you at times refer to yourself as mixed and your son is lighter than you. I don't know what you want me to say, mate, if I'm honest. Like, I mean, I'm just asking, like, this is a conversation about race for Black History Month, right? So if these questions are not asked, why did we have this conversation? But if you, you tell your son, you have a conversation with your son, you say, son, you are Black. You let him know that he is a Black person, right? You are his dad. You stated that your son is lighter than you, but you told him that he is Black. But you 
interchangeably are Black and then sometimes you're mixed race. Listen, Ali, number one, I'm not interchangeable. Number two, as his parent, I have that right and I have to, it's irresponsible for me to not tell him his roots, not tell him why he feels a certain way or why, you know, why do I like this music and none of my friends do? All my friends think I'm weird. It's because you're Black. But see, I guess this is what I'm saying. Like, is the conversation not you are mixed race and you are a black, you have black in you? Or is it that you are black? Because I'm just correlating that to you. Yes, you are grown and you have every right to do whatever it is that you want to do. Right. But I guess what I'm saying is that if you refer to yourself at times as black and at times as mixed race, when you have the conversation with your child and you tell them you are black, that just confuses me. It shouldn't confuse you, Ali. If he's coming to me saying he feels or is confused about something, yeah, I'm going to help him understand why he may be confused. I'm going to help him understand why he may feel different. So is that what occurred? He, so your son came to you about to, uh, to speak about race? Is that what the conversation was? There's not just one one pivotal moment that's happened. This is just general conversations we have over the years, you know? Okay. So did your mother ever refer to you as black? Like when you were with her and if, if anything ever came up when she said, oh, well, no, he's black. Did she ever refer to you as black? I don't recall. Okay. Do you think that your mother um, was racist? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> well, I asked that question because I know a lot of people say, well, no, she wasn't racist. And, and this is specifically to your mother. But I have heard people say that they believe that a person having a child with a black person, that that means that they're not racist. And I have seen some racist people who have had some biracial children. So that's why, you know, I asked that. I agree with what you say. The reason yeah. I laugh is because um, my mom definitely had a preference to black guys, black culture, black everything. <laughs> See, I like your mother and your son, Shane, more than you. I like your mother and your son. It's like that. Yeah. Yeah. So do you feel that light-skinned Black people or mixed-race people take away from Black people in any way? Because when I'm receiving this question, I feel that you feel a type of way that mixed-race, biracial, light-skinned can take away from Black people in terms of, like, their situation. What I will say is this. I do think at times lighter skinned black people, they experience a certain privilege as they have in during slavery, as they have during segregation and so on, especially here in America, as they have in the media. I love Beyonce. We all know that. I love Tinashe. I love, but I also love Kenya Moore. But anyway, but if we look at, you know, the music business, if we look at just a lot of things you look at and you see that a lot of lighter skinned black people have been given chances and different experiences than darker skinned black people. You look at how when people describe black people and darker skinned black people, they refer to us as monkeys. They refer to us as 
30 at times and um, they look at darker skinned black women as more aggressive. When you have a lighter skinned black woman, you hear people speak about their beauty a lot more. You hear them speak about them not being as aggressive because they're lighter. We can also go into it and we can take a black woman like Kenya Moore, who is absolutely beautiful. She is a darker of a darker complexion. Kenya Moore at times has waist length hair, but her hair always is, you know, past the middle of her back. People always believe that her hair is fake. When she goes on television shows, she was on Wendy Williams. They did a hair test and people want to touch her hair. They don't do that to lighter skinned women because even if a lighter skinned woman has uh, weave in her hair because she is lighter or closer to white, it is more believable by some people that that is her hair. So there are differences And there are some privileges that some lighter skinned people receive by black and by white people. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. You don't know that to be true? No, I don't disagree. But the interesting part is that you said it was by black people and by white people. It it is. I mean, because listen, if a lighter skinned black woman can tell you that, you know, when she was in school and, and not even being mixed because there's. You have women like Vanessa Williams who have two black parents, but she's very fair complexion. And you have a lot of black women like that. And I'm I'm just speaking about black women specifically right now. But you can have a lot of black women who will tell you that they grew up in an area where they were the eyeball out because they were lighter skinned. And people were treated them a certain way because some of them may have gotten more attention from the boys and more attention in school. I can remember being in high school. I lived in a a suburb of Detroit, but I went to school in Detroit and we had this young lady. I won't say her name, but uh, she was a run of a triplet. She was very fair complexion. Now, her sisters were lighter. She told us the story that the reason why she was living with her father is because she was too dark to stay with her grandparents. And she was lighter than you, Shane. With that being said, this young lady received a lot of privileges at our high school. um, And I really was not here for it. She was allowed to do certain things that we were not allowed to. And yeah, I mean, she was given a lot of privileges. And the only reason that we could find that she received those privileges is because this young lady was very fair complexion. And the thing about it was this wasn't just the opinion that I had. Multiple teachers had the opinion. This young lady went to predominantly white schools and she came to our school and she excelled. She excelled and she spoke differently and just a lot of things. And the teachers would point out the difference between her and us. They would point out the way that she spoke and the way that we didn't. They would point out the way that she looked and the way that we didn't. They would point out how she dressed and how we didn't dress the same way or how that. Because this young lady, I have to give her props. She came to this little black school and she really did excel. She was in everything and she did well at everything. But I don't feel like that was the only reason that she received certain benefits. She was allowed to leave school. We couldn't leave school. Like it was so many different things that they allowed her to do. And our teachers, even though this was a black school, our teachers were predominantly white. And a lot of us felt as if she received certain benefits because she was very fair complexion. That sounds, you know, really unfortunate. 
I want to like touch on, some, on a couple of things that you said there because I think it's really important to give some context in some of the things that I may have said earlier in this conversation. So, you know, you touched on darker skinned people being known, for example, to be more aggressive. That people say, yeah, 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 we yeah. are more aggressive. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I am a business person. I would say I'm an entrepreneur. I've worked in a corporate business for say 10, 15 years. Um, I run businesses now. And I know from my experience that I have been treated not as a mixed race person, as a black person, because I've been called aggressive. If I took someone through a process because they didn't do their job properly, I would get a complaint against me and it would be, he's aggressive or he's this. And it would always be these underlying tones that were subtle racism. And, you know, like, you know, when you're receiving it, you're like, you might as well just call me the N word there. Yeah, because that's basically what you're doing. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah. And and similarly, like as a business owner, I might go into network events and stuff like that. And again, so I'm going to most probably be the only black person in the room a lot of times or, or one of a few. And I know and I can feel that the tone is, I don't want to do business with this person. I can't trust him. Mm. He's black and, it, and they'll look for other things. So I want to add that specifically because I want to give context to something that things that I may have said and I don't want to be taken the wrong way. There's definitely no picking and choosing because I this is what I mean, that I am always conscious that I'm black. I feel black. To add to that, when I said previously, I'm Shane. I don't, I, you know, I, I identify as Shane, not, you know, black or mixed race or, or whichever you say I'm going to pick. Mm-hmm. It's because I'm, I'll use a, a prime example. Last year, BLM was a huge movement. So the Black Lives Matter movement was huge. And I saw a lot of, um, come on, we all saw a lot of buy black, black business, invest in black, black pound day. Um, I'm not sure if you had that over there uh, in the States. There was a, a day, I think it was in November, and it was like a spend the black pound. So only invest in black businesses on that day. Yeah. Now, on those days, I never, ever, ever, ever used being black as my USP. So that's that's why I feel a bit thrown back when someone says, oh, are you, you, are you picking and choosing when you're black? Yeah. Because for me, I hate what that is about in terms of as a business person, when someone uses support black business or support female only businesses and stuff like that. Because to me, that's a form of discrimination. I want you to do business with me because I'm the best at what I do. And you know what? If a bonus is that I happen to be black, then fantastic. You think what is a form of uh, discrimination when people support a a certain business over another one because it is a minority in some form? Yeah, whether it's black, whether it's uh, female-led, whether it's LBGQT, I feel that that's something that puts a complete fresh divide in things. And... You know, I felt racism from a very young age. So ultimately, uh, my goal is to overcome racism, not create a different divide, whether that be, right, guys, now we're only going to shop in black shops or, right, guys, now we're going to do business with women or, right, guys, we're only going to do this. Like, So to say picking and choosing when, that I would definitely say is a no-no. Yeah, I think it's a no-no and I don't like when people do it, but it does happen. But, you know, I think that we have to understand when people say support black businesses or support 
you know, female-owned businesses or businesses of the LGBTQIA, I believe, is because there are a lot of people who will not support those businesses because that's a gay business or because that's an N-word business or because that's a B-word business. You know, B's on that, you know, N's on that or they're gay, so don't support that. So when people at times say, hey, make sure you support Black-owned business, it's because of how many years that people didn't support Black-owned business or how many years that Blacks thought that they owned businesses but they were, you know, done wrong by by people, you know, or it was things that Blacks should have owned and they didn't own it outright and they had to sell certain amounts of their business to other people, you know. So when people say support these businesses, it's not to discriminate, it's to support because yeah. it's a lot of people who just didn't and sometimes wouldn't support those companies. And I don't disagree. What I'm trying to say is I am not using that as my USP. Okay. So do business with me because I'm black. Back to the statement earlier of picking and choosing when I'm black. Yeah. That to me stands out because if that was the case, then... I struck a nerve with that, I guess. Absolutely, yeah. And I listen, for the people listening, I want you to support me because I'm black. I want you to support me because I'm six foot two. I want you to support <laughs> me because my grandmother is Blackfoot and Cherokee Indian. Like, support me, period. Like, any way you want to support me, I'll take it. Anyway, just kidding. go ahead. Yeah, my whole thing is support me because I'm great at what I do. Yeah. And I so happened to be, you know, rather than support me because... Yeah. And and I feel that, Shane. See, I think the big difference is, I know, like you said, that you're Shane. You are not Black Shane. Me, to be honest, before I'm anything, I'm Black and I'm a man. Like, period. Like, those two run the same. I am a Black man. Even before I'm a man, I'm a Black man, like, with the emphasis on that. I wish that I had the benefit of knowing what it feels like to live in this world as just a man and my color is not seen, but I don't have that benefit. And because of that, I am a very proud person and a very proud black person and proud to be a proud black male person. So I I know there's a lot of people who say, you know, I I looked at him and I don't see color or they walked in this room and I don't see color. And I know some of my white friends are very scared to use color. And to be honest, I can understand why, because in some cases, a lot of white people may feel like I'm damned if I do and I'm damned if I don't. So I don't want to say the wrong thing. But like, I remember we were in the office one time and I said, oh, I said, the girl over there has it. Patricia had it. And she said, who's Patricia? And I said, oh, the white girl over there. And she's like, oh, my God. You know, and I was just like, what's the problem? It's okay. It's okay to to say color. We see color. Color is beautiful. You know, the reason why I I think one of the things about Black people, the one of the things that make us so beautiful is the fact that we are so many different hues, so many different complexions, dark skin to medium brown skin to cocoa skin to, you know, light, light skin. Like, but, you know, all of us who consider ourselves Black, you know, it's like we are proud to be that. So I didn't mean to offend you if I offended you, but if I struck a nerve, then I'm happy to have struck a nerve just to make you think 
and just to make anyone out there think because there are a lot of people who are black when it benefits them it's very similar to how i have had a lot of white people do this to me that they will come around me and say what's up my dog but then they will go around other white people and they say hello brian how are you and they will do that to me in a sense trying to show that they are cool with me being black you know i don't have a problem with you being black i like black people my best friend's black or just whatever right but to me that would be very offensive because if my race didn't matter then why didn't you come up to me and say hello ali instead of saying what up you know and using slang so I see that I have seen a lot of people do different things according to their surroundings. And that's the same thing that I've seen with just some mixed race people, not necessarily light skinned people, but mixed race people that they have been mixed race when it was convenient and black when it was convenient. When they were around black people, they, you know, would act a certain way, speak a certain way and describe themselves in a certain way. And when they weren't in those areas, then they would act a little differently. Or even, you know, deny, well, I wouldn't say deny their blackness, but they would say that they were mixed race. So that's where that comes from for me. That's interesting. Because ultimately, us having a dialogue is to hear the story of a person who grew up, who is of two races. Now, the funny thing is, my grandmother on my father's side is black, Native American, and Venezuelan. Okay, very fair complexion woman, hair extremely long. I have Native American on my other side of my family. So, you know, for all intents and purposes, I probably could be considered mixed too. But in a world that we live in, because I am darker complexion, if I said that I was mixed, people would laugh at me. You know, even you, you know, if you met me and I said, oh, hey, I'm mixed, you'd be like, <laughs> with what? <laughs> Jamaican and, you know, uh, Senegalese? Like, <laughs> what are you mixed with, you know? How would you feel if your son was to have a Black girlfriend? I would not care. Like, I absolutely wouldn't care. You wouldn't care. But you chose not to date Black women, but it wouldn't bother you if your son did. Listen, I didn't shoes like we we just we just established i went to school with like two black girls well no i mean but in your adult life like now you're an adult right yeah you've never dated a black woman before so i'm saying you chose not to date a black woman because if you wanted to date a black woman i'm pretty sure that you could have but you haven't but i haven't consciously not dated a black woman you've got me thinking mm-hmm. shit why didn't i date a black and right, because they're so beautiful. Like the way that they're shaped, their skin is just so beautiful. The way they smell, so oh my god! <laughs> I just haven't had the chance. Like, what do you mean to do now? Just go run out and find a black woman and go, "Hey, I, I heard I've got a, I heard the back of the berry, the sweet, the juice." I don't know what you want me to do. Like, yeah. Well, <sighs> Shane. Like, okay. <sighs> Because, see, this is the thing that I have a problem with is when you say you haven't necessarily had the chance. We date and and, and as men, we, we seek after and especially you being the man that you are like you are a very outspoken person who goes after what he wants. If you wanted to date a black <laughs> woman, you would have. And we know that. I'd say that as a compliment. 
Well, yeah, I mean, it is a compliment. I didn't mean it as a diss. I mean, but I'm just saying, if you wanted to date a black woman, I definitely know that you would have put forth some effort to date one. Look, you got me thinking, why haven't I dated a black Yeah, yeah? And when I'm thinking about it, everyone that I've dated has either come from a social circle or mainly from work through like I've gone to a business meeting and something's happened off the result of that um I don't use dating apps or anything like that I haven't so it's because of the social circles I've been in or mainly through if I'm deadly honest most women I've dated have come from some form of whether they've been work or business or, or something like that so I think that's the main reason why more than going out my way to seek. I've always been a very business orientated, like um, ambitious person, which means when I'm then out in those settings and then, okay, work's over now, but I'm still in this environment. Let me look around. Okay. You know, that's how my previous dating situation had gone. So it's not of seeking out an opportunity or, you know, I've never had the swipe left, swipe right app on my phone. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not something I would I would get in that space to seek out. So what about the state of black America? What do you think about the state of blacks in 2021? So let me address the black America first. I think that my privilege isn't being light or mixed or anything like that. My privilege is not being in America because I think that if I was black in America, I don't think it's a nice feeling at the moment. I think that when I'm in London and I pull up at the traffic lights and the police car pulls up next to me, I automatically feel guilty even though I've not done anything wrong. And I feel worried, but I feel worried because I'm going to be inconvenienced, get out of the car, show me a driving license, they're just going to waste my day and fuck with me for whatever reason. But at least I know I'm not going to get shot in the back. At least yeah. I know I'm not going to get kneeled on my neck. So I feel very privileged for that. That's a shame too. It's because it's a shame that I can't even defend, you know, the place where I was born. You know, I can't say, you know, screw you for saying that. Like, I can't. And that's sad. And and it's sad because, you know, as a kid, you you want to go to America. You want to go to Hollywood, you know. Everything looks so sexy about America. But when you turn the the news on, I think, fuck that, you know? So that's how I feel about Black America. I personally think it's more racist now than it was in the late 90s, early 2000s. Because I think that people now, they're smarter with their racism, you know, Um, in terms of the systemic racism in terms of systematic racism in terms of the I'm not going to call the n-word but I'm going to discriminate you in every single way I can I think racists are a lot more smart I know when I was growing up I gave you you know I told you the story about I was walking home from school and people would throw drink at me and say go drink your jungle juice I knew that when I was growing up there were skinheads and there was guys that had swastika tattoos or British bulldog tattoos so I knew you was a racist which is great like I'd rather someone be an open racist to my face and call me the n-word or or whatever and I could smile in their face whereas now the racists the racists are smiling at me pretending they're my friends and there's definitely more you know if we touch on America and we touch on how Trump was initially voted in 
there was definitely an undertone of racist and there's definitely a massive racist movement that supported that. And I would say in America now, you know, when Obama was in charge, there was still racist, but they were no, I shouldn't really say this out loud. Whereas Trump's given a voice for racists to scream it from the rooftop. Whereas I think over here, we had Brexit. And I remember when the vote for Brexit was about to happen, I didn't know one person that ever thought it would happen. So I know some people didn't even vote because they just thought it was ridiculous. Bear in mind, I live in London, so I live in a highly populated multicultural city. And then when Brexit happened, we were like, well, what happened? And I think that highlighted that there's a lot of that undertone of racism. So then when we had a revote, because I think everyone thought, well, maybe people just didn't vote because they just assumed it wasn't going to happen. And then it happened again. I think that was definitely the eye opener that, you know, racism still alive. They just be concealing it. Yeah. Um, so I think that it's on both sides of the pond. So I think it's very uncomfortable to, to be black in 2021. My fear is, I think white people don't understand what the black voice is. And what I mean by that is, I think white people are very offended by the Black Lives Matter movement. And I think how some, and I'll preface that as some, because I don't want to offend anyone, but I think how some white people, what they're actually hearing is, black people want to be in charge. Whereas what black people are saying is, we just want 50-50. And I think some of us will be happy with a 40-60 split, you know? 45-55, take it how you want. I want 100. <laughs> but that, that's, that's negating my point. Ali, on a serious note, you yeah. know, the Black Lives Matter movement is just saying, look, look at me. I don't want to be 100%. I don't want more than you. I don't want, yeah. I don't want your job if, I, if you're better than me. We're saying, we just want to be able to get the interview. And if I beat you at the interview, then give me the job. Yeah, I want to get the interview and not when I come to the interview, you're shocked because I'm a black person and then I don't get the job. Yeah, exactly. You know, you want a fair shot. And that's a great point that you make. The N-word, as long as I've known you, I don't know that I've heard you say it. And I, I sometimes will say it, you know, like, and please, you know, as a phrase. Do you feel like you can say the N-word if you wanted to? I think that... I've been called it enough in my life to, I wouldn't say to have earned the right, but I understand the impact and implication that the word carries. So I do feel that I can say it. Would I freely say it? Probably not. And do I agree? Like, for example, I don't think black people should say it because I think that- Which I agree. It's contradictory, you know? Don't call Mm, me it, but I'm going to say it. Well, it's because it was the power taken back from it because that's what we were dehumanized as and called. So people took the power from the word, you know, but yeah, I agree. I don't think that we should use it, but we and some of us do use it still from time to time as it's become a a, a slang word, too. But do you feel like if you did use that word and other people heard you say it? Would that cause alarm or do you think that no one would notice or or no one would care because of your race or because of how you look, I should say? I've never known someone to be offended by me saying it. I don't think a black person's 
heard me say it look and double check okay to see if i was allowed to say it yeah because i have a friend who is latin but he is black you know he will tell you he's black and um he's from brazil and he used the n-word in new york and people were like ready to fight him because they were like what you know what do you mean what are you doing you know so i just wonder you know with you being racially ambiguous if you thought that people you know may say hey you know what are you saying that for because you know you're not black so okay well wow is it anything that you would like to say shane before you go or anything you wanted to ask me uh, again before you go i think that the challenge with this episode is going to be that a hundred black people could listen to this episode and it's going to be received in a hundred different ways. Yeah. I don't think there's no universal way to take this show. I think it's it's going to piss people off either way. Yeah. I think that maybe we haven't touched on my thoughts and feelings where I've known of black people to say mixed race people aren't black because I do feel that there's another side to the coin and I'll even hold my hands up and admit my grandmother was very much like that. Well, she didn't think you were black? Absolutely, yeah. Your black grandmother, she didn't think that you were black? (laughs) Yeah. What did she say to you? I'm confused. (laughs) (laughs) And And I'm sure a lot of your listeners will probably, you know, think the same. For example, I listen to Logic and I know the hip hop community hate him. In black America, I would say, sorry, they don't feel that he should be able to say the N word. They don't feel that he should be able to have, his music should have any credibility on the basis of when they look at him, that's not acceptable to be mixed race. See, to me, if you are black, cool. If you are not black and don't consider yourself black, then you shouldn't receive the benefits. You know, when they start handing out reparations, you know, people who choose mixed race and all of that stuff is like, okay, well, you know, you're not black. Right. And the reason why I say that and listen, I know I'm probably going to get a lot of heat from a lot of mixed race people, which is fine because, you know, you're speaking your truth and I will speak mine. But I think the thing about it is, is that you are mixed. That is true. But. Being a mixed race person, it's not a bad thing. It's it's who you were born. None of us should be upset at anyone for for being who they were born, right? But I do think when you start flipping the coin, you know, in one minute you're mixed race and the next minute you're black and all of this kind of stuff, it just gets confusing. And it's hard, you know, we live in a world of boxes and no one wants to be put into those boxes. And I get it. None of us do. But we live in a world of boxes. And if people can't place you in a box, it gets confusing for them. Even for me, it gets confusing, you know, because as much as as much as I love you, I still even get confused sometimes when you say certain things like today. You know, I think these conversations need to be had not to say that somebody's right and not to say that somebody's wrong, but to get the conversation started to to get people thinking but let me preface that. So you, like you stated earlier, you were surprised when I said I was mixed race. Today. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. T- today. Today. Mm-hmm. But we're on a podcast. That yeah. The audience doesn't know me. And you asked about my story. So if I say I'm black and then you say, well, what's your story? And I say, oh, well, you know, my mom, my white mom was thrown out by her white parents because she slept with a black guy and had a mixed race kid. Mm-hmm. Blah, 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 blah. The context wouldn't make any sense. I so, disagree. 
Um, because what you describe yourself as and what you feel shouldn't change according to what the conversation is. Like if you are black and you see yourself as black, then that's what you are because that's who you see yourself as. And as you're telling your story, you know, it's my mother was white and my father was black. I am mixed, but I consider myself as a black person. You get what I'm saying? Because that's what I always knew of you when you and I had those conversations. That's how it was always presented to me. And that's why when I used to joke in certain things about saying, oh, you know, you wouldn't understand that. Some of it was because you are from the UK and some of it was because you were mixed race. I was like, oh, you don't understand that. And I was joking and it wasn't until you seriously said, hey, I'm black, man, just like you, you know? And that is offensive to me when you say to me that I'm not black. And I was like, whoa. Let me stop because I was joking and I didn't understand how it made you feel. And you were very passionate about that. You know, you were extremely passionate about how black you were. So when you came today, I asked questions knowing you because the people who don't know you, I want them to get to know you. But some of your responses did shock me. It didn't make me mad or make me anything, but it did shock me because I didn't expect that, especially after being... um, checked about not considering you black so it was kind of like oh okay and so then it restructured some of the questions that i had for you because i didn't expect those answers that makes more sense yeah okay i always tell people that's shane that's my boy he's black they're like he's black they'll look at picture you know like oh he's black i'm like yeah you know and that's it and they're like oh okay cool that's it I don't go into he's three quarters or 25%. No, I don't do that. I don't quantify you. I tell them that you black. They say, cool. And then we move on. I do know that that's something in America, you know, no matter how light you are, no matter how whatever, you know, we take you at what you say you are for the most part. But it's so many light skinned black people because of slavery that you can look at some black people and you can look at both of their parents and they both would be fair complexion, but they're both still black. And a lot of that comes, too, because in slavery and in the 60s, you were black, no matter how light you were. Mixed race didn't matter. You still can't use the white water fountain. You're still black, you know, and going back to slavery, you would have been you might have been in a house slave, but you were a man. So you might have been on the field right next to me, but you still would have been considered a slave. And I think that's where it comes, where black people sometimes are offended. And I think that might be the good word to say that I think that sometimes black people are offended when the coin is flipped by some mixed race people that when they start to pick and choose when they are black and when they are mixed. And I mean, listen, let's be honest. If I was a a mixed race person and the police pulled me over and I thought being mixed race was going to help the situation, I would be mixed race. (laughs) I mean, I'm just being honest with you. You know, if I thought that it was going to benefit me or help me in that particular situation, you know, as far as the police or something like that. I can guarantee you that that hasn't definitely not worked over here. Have you ever heard of code switching? What? Okay. So when you are at work or in a professional environment, do they get a different shame than... I make it when you and I are speaking on the phone or when we're talking. Obviously, because I'm not going to call them a stupid bitch or, 
<laughs> you know? No, I don't mean I'm like, like that. Hey, also, you're late for work today. Um, okay, so l- let me let me put it a little differently. I know a <laughs> I lot know of my, what, I know what you mean. Well, I, I, but maybe some of the listeners don't. Okay, so I know a lot of my white friends. They are who they are at work and at home. Okay, being a black person, I had the benefit of growing up around both black and white people. My grandmother lived in a predominantly white area where it was no black people. I grew up around just white people for a long time in my life. So I've been around both. And there have been times when I had to, if I was in a, in a black environment, you know, you would use certain slang or use certain things around your friends. But then in a professional environment, you know, I might code switch or speak differently and, you know, do different things. So I would not appear as aggressive, appear as urban. So have you ever done that? To an extent. So I'd say when I'm around my peers, no. Um, but if the big boss is in the room, yeah. then, uh, then of course, you know. But see, we say of course, right? But our white counterparts don't necessarily feel the need to do that. Do you not think that a white person will mind their P's and Q's if their boss is in a room? No, I see it, but it's deeper than minding your P's and Q's. It's verbiage, it's body language, it's actions. So, it, and it goes beyond being professional, right? Because some people may listen to this and say, well, if you're around your, your boss, you're going to be professional. But it's different than that. It's the tone in which you're speaking. It's deeper than just... But that goes back to, as a black person... I feel that I have to work twice as hard as a white person. And that's just a fact. And this is not just down to working harder. This means taking a, removing a stereotype before you, I'm going to allow you to think that stereotype of me. But see, shouldn't we just be allowed to be ourselves? Absolutely. But I'm, I'm going to give you a prime example. Black people are known as being late. BMT, black man time. Yeah. Like black people have a complete different We time call it CP time. <laughs> what does a CP time? Oh, okay. Yeah. So we, we call it BMT, black man time. So it's like black people live five minutes behind. So they're always late. Yeah. So I know that if I'm going to go to work, I need to get there 10 minutes before everyone else. Because if for whatever reason I got there on time or one minute past, I don't want everyone to ever turn around and go, see, black yeah. people are always late. You know? Yeah. I guess you are a black, Shane. <laughs> no, but, and I think I'm like, just messing, I'm messing with you. But no, because I feel the same way. Yeah. But, yeah. but you know, so when I say um, like black people have to try harder, that's the white privilege in the world. I think white people will never understand white privilege. And that there, it's a prime example. So if you look at a white person being late, oh, it's fine. No worries, just don't do it again. Let me ask you a question. And not going too deep into to your fiance, but you brought up that your fiance looks white, basically. Do you think that she feels just as you do, that she feels like she needs to come to work 10 minutes early? Do you think that because she looks different, do you feel that she holds herself to the same standard because of people may view her a particular way because she is quote unquote black or mixed? So my partner's always been very clear. She is fully aware of her privilege. She's fully aware that she has a white privilege, even though she can self-identify as black. And I know that she feels guilty for that as well. Mm, Okay. Does she hold herself to that same standard as you do? 
So it's hard because she's a goody two-shoe, so she doesn't ever do nothing wrong at work. Does she do that consciously because of her skin? I would probably say no. Yeah, because see, in her mind, she's been allowed to live her life as a white woman. Hmm. I know that that's more even in race than just race because I know women. So it's things that they may feel that they have to do in certain environments to get respect or to be treated equally or fairly. Because there's privileges that we have just as being men, you know, that women don't have. So and it's the same thing with certain privileges that some white people may have versus the black people. Well, Shane, it has been a wonderful conversation. <laughs> yeah, I've enjoyed it. I did, too. I, I know it made me think. Absolutely. It's been a great chat. Thank you. You are more than welcome, brother. Thanks so much for coming on. Being black is a beautiful thing. But so is being mixed, biracial, white, red, or brown. Whatever your race, be proud of it. Be proud of who God has made you to be. That's our show for today. Thank you for listening to the What's Your Thoughts on this podcast. We truly appreciate your support. Our show is produced by Amir Ali. Our theme song was written by Amir Ali, produced by Adrian Brundy, and performed by Enrico Dells. If you would like to be a guest on our show, or if you have a question or you want to provide some feedback, send an email to WITLTPodcast at gmail.com. Our podcast is available on all platforms, so make sure you subscribe to our show and follow us on social media. Be well, be safe, and be blessed. Until next time.